Welcome to the Christian Touch. I'm Ariel Abornsky. You know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, Now the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. In Revelation, Jesus said this, I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, those who do not hold this teaching, who haven't known the so-called secrets of Satan, other translations of the Bible call satanic knowledge Satan's so-called deep secrets, the deep things of Satan, and the depths of Satan. Interestingly, when we read our Bibles, it's a natural tendency to look at passages like the one I read in Timothy about the doctrines of demons, and we assume that it's other people who are being deceived by doctrines of demons. This dark knowledge is entering other churches, but not ours. We feel like satanic teachings are being played by other Christian musicians, but not those I listen to. Yet Jesus warned the disciples that the end-time deception would be so great that it would deceive even believers if that is possible. He said, For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Jesus wants us to be prepared so we don't fall for the doctrines of demons. The Apostle Paul warned early believers against pharmakia. The English translation of the Greek word for sorcery, pharmakia, is the actual Greek word in the book of Galatians 5.20, which was used by Paul when he said, Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, and the Greek word that Paul uses for sorcery is pharmakia. Paul warns us that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Gill's exposition of the entire Bible on Bible Hub, it says that the word for sorcery means seeking to converse with familiar spirits to gain unlawful knowledge. What a lot of people don't realize is that doctrines of demons have always come down through people who enter trances, either by using drugs or engaging in Eastern forms of meditation. Interestingly, the brain can enter altered states of consciousness through Eastern forms of meditation. These include Buddhist mindfulness, yoga, transcendental meditation, contemplative prayer, and using musical mantras. Singing a word or a phrase over and over until one falls into the alpha brainwave mode opens a person's brain to communication from the satanic realm. That is why these, though they are not pharmaceuticals that are psychedelic or hallucinogenic in nature, are actually sorcery also. They bring a person into the same altered state of consciousness as psychedelic and hallucinogenic pharmaceuticals. This trance or alpha brainwave state brings one into sorcery because it opens a person up to communication with evil spirits and to being able to use the power of these entities. On page 108 of my book, Shrewd as Serpents, I quote the well-known witch Lori Cabot in her book, Power of the Witch. She tells readers to use centering and visualization to enter the alpha state. She says, The science of witchcraft is based on our ability to enter an altered state of consciousness we call alpha. In alpha, the mind opens up to non-ordinary forms of communication, such as telepathy, clairvoyance, and precognition. In alpha, the rational filters that process ordinary reality are weakened or removed, 
and the mind is receptive to non-ordinary realities. Alpha is the springboard for all psychic and magical workings. It is the heart of witchcraft. Lori's instructions on entering an altered state of consciousness are very much like those we find in contemplative prayer or transcendental meditation. Now, there are many religions that teach the main aspects of the Babylon mystery religions. A few of these include Hinduism, Wicca, witchcraft, Taoism, which is Chinese witchcraft, and New Age spirituality. These forms of Eastern mysticism are quickly entering several branches of Christianity. Authors and pastors are teaching methods of sorcery that will attract the satanic realm to communicate that deep knowledge of Satan to us. When they reach the trance state, which is induced by these methods, they are often contacted by dark angels or demons who present themselves as angels of light. Paul told the Corinthians, And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. The spiritual beings that present themselves are thought to be Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, or other biblical characters. In this way, false versions of Christianity are being accepted by those who engage in these methods to allegedly reach intimacy with God. When we begin to learn discernment, if we figure that we have more discernment than others, this can become an area where we quickly fall into pride. So before we point out the deceptions in Christianity, it's good to do a heart check on ourselves. Our goal should never be to exalt ourselves and to prove that others are wrong. Our attitude must never be fueled by a critical spirit. While we are to be like the Bereans and search everything out to see if it lines up with the scriptures, we do need to make sure that we aren't taking this to an unhealthy level. I'm going to compare false teachings today to pornography. So have you ever heard the analogy where watching a movie with a little bit of nudity is compared to a pan of brownies? Some will say that it's okay to watch a movie that has a great story or a good moral theme if it only has a little bit of nudity or bad language. In the analogy of the brownies, the parent asks children if they would eat from the pan of brownies if there was only a little bit of dog poop in them because they tasted delicious anyway. In the same way as we shouldn't compromise our morals by watching movies with a little bit of pornography, we shouldn't compromise by practicing pagan techniques like singing musical mantras or engaging in contemplative prayer. These lead to sorcery, opening our minds to the satanic realm. Mantra meditation, whether chanted or sung, is well known to lead people away from the essential doctrines of Christianity, away from the gospel. It's also well known to cause apathy. In this way, people aren't as likely to care if doctrines of demons get slipped into their theology, whether in the songs they sing or the sermons they listen to. Many Christians know better than to use an Ouija board or tarot cards, for instance, to communicate with the satanic realm. Those are cult techniques of divination that open people up to demonic influences. God told his chosen people, Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. While many realize we shouldn't engage in divination, a lot of people don't realize that singing repetitive mantras is a way to engage in Eastern meditation that leads to a sorcerous trance state. Should we sell out to using worship music where we sing a word or a phrase over and over? 
There are a lot of people who don't care if doctrines of demons are slipped into worship music or sermons, and I wonder if this apathy might be a result of singing those repetitive mantras. Evil spirits can insert doctrines of demons into the minds of people who fall into the trance state. In fact, many mystics have left the gospel behind as a result of their practice of contemplative prayer, whether they chant a phrase over and over from the Bible, or whether they sing a repetitive musical mantra. Souls are on the line if people get deceived into believing a false gospel. This actually happened to me and to many other people in my prosperity gospel churches that I attended, where we sang songs with musical mantras in them. I, for many years, had a lot of trust in what my pastors taught. I had not learned to discern. I was in the Word of Faith movement, which is also known as the Prosperity Gospel or the New Apostolic Reformation. We focused on the idea that our words and our thoughts were supernaturally powerful because we were little gods. Our faith wasn't so much in God as it was in our own godlike status to create our own reality and to bring our thoughts and words to pass. We focused on getting what we want in the here and now of this present world rather than having faith that even if we don't get what we want here, eternity is what really matters. We thought building God's kingdom was about taking dominion here on earth. In my Word of Faith and New Apostolic Reformation churches, we were taught to rebuke suffering rather than to walk closely with God through difficulties. We were never taught to rejoice in trials. I personally saw many people walk away from Christianity, and I know people that now don't want anything to do with Christianity because of their experiences in Word of Faith churches. They experienced the wonderful-sounding prophecies that failed them in the end. They saw how the teachings didn't come to pass, and they now blame God for not keeping His Word, not realizing that His Word has been used in ways that He never intended. The message was all about us, how we can achieve our best life now, how we can have miracles of health and wealth. There was not much talk about repentance with the gospel, no turning from sin, only saying a prayer asking Jesus into our heart. When I was in the sister movements, Word of Faith and New Apostolic Reformation, I looked forward to the beautiful, soothing music that was repetitive. As I would deeply concentrate on a single line of music, which is a mantra in Eastern meditation, the hypnotic melody would put me into a light trance. As I began to feel prickly sensations, I thought I was feeling God's presence and was in the most holy place with Him. My heart wanted to please Him, and I thought that feeling His tangible presence would make me more like Him. Maybe being in His presence this way would help me carry more of His anointing, more supernatural power to speak things into existence. You may recognize that speaking things into existence is something that God does. The Apostle Paul mentions this in Romans 4.17, but I am sorry to say that I was taught that this was about those of us who understood that our words of faith could call things into existence. I didn't recognize that the scripture we used in Romans was specifically about God. As it is written, I have made you, speaking of Abraham, the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom he believed the one who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. So getting back to the idea that we can enter God's presence because of how we worship, this was common in Word of Faith and New Apostolic Reformation circles. Where in God's Word are we told to try to feel His presence or to go by our feelings? 
Aren't we simply to have faith that we're in his presence even though we can't see or feel him? I also didn't realize that the altered state of consciousness where I thought I was experiencing his presence was actually making me less of a Berean. I didn't know that the trance state causes people to believe what they are told without questioning. I did eventually recognize that this trance state wasn't producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. Other churches were supporting my deception by purchasing and using the beautiful music of ministries that hold to the belief of the New Apostolic Reformation and the Word of Faith movement. Sometimes when my church was worshiping to Bethel or Hillsong or Elevation or Jesus Culture, after the hypnotic melody and the repetitive mantras put many of us into light trances, we would experience spiritual power. We thought this was the Holy Spirit, but we were actually under the influence of the Kundalini serpent power. The spiritual power that I experienced and that I saw in my churches were exactly the same as those in Hinduism where the serpent is worshipped. Demonic manifestations included shaking, shrieking, laughter, weeping, howling, barking, or being glued or stuck to the floor and unable to move. There were feelings of heat, tingling, and body movements that came from the spiritual realm. Using the kundalini serpent power, which comes from evil spirits, is sorcery. Now, contemporary worship music can become a form of contemplative prayer when it is done in a comfortable darkened room with soothing, hypnotic, and beautiful melodies. As a person sings a mantra or a phrase over and over, he or she can enter the same trance which is experienced by mystics from all occult religions. As I've taught in some of my other videos on contemplative mysticism, contemplative prayer is really transcendental meditation using biblical words or phrases. These mantras can either be chanted or sung. So the technique of contemplative prayer is exactly the same, and it's not the words or the phrases that put you into a trance, but it is the technique that puts you into an altered state of consciousness. So if the presence that we feel while engaging in mantra meditation whether through chanting or singing, is really an evil spirit from the satanic realm, how do we know that we aren't getting something else imparted to us from the demons? In my book, Shrewd as Serpents, I quote the mystic Thomas Keating, who explains the side effects of contemplative prayer. He said of angry fits, which he called unloadings, once in a while there are bigger unloadings than ever. Many people have an explosion of primitive thoughts. It might be so serious that you need some psychotherapy because it's so distasteful and so uprooting and so shocking. The more rest, and by this he meant contemplative prayer because that's what he was talking about, the more stuff is going to come up. A relationship that's never quite healed gets scratchy again. A temptation that was never quite resolved rises again. We begin to find out that we're basically an angry person or a hostile person. Or maybe all the sexual energy begins to explode in your life as you feel worse, as the more primitive emotions arise, as thoughts you never thought could possibly have entered your mind, raw anger, grief, despair, lust, apathy, etc., all the capital sin, rejoice. You're getting to the bottom of the pile. And when you're at the bottom of the pile, where are you? You're in divine union. If we love our weakness, even our sinfulness, if you can't get over it, then love that. And let that be your service of God, because God has come to live with sinners. He seems to prefer them, if anything. As noted earlier, apathy can be a side effect of contemplative prayer. 
This is confirmed by a 2017 study on Eastern meditation, which I'll provide a link for. Sadly, those who engage in sorcery through altered states of consciousness begin turning away from biblical Christianity, and they start accepting the main ideas of paganism. They begin valuing a mushy kind of love that accepts all forms of sin without requiring repentance or change. They begin promoting unity with all religions and believing that we should always be gracious and never point out heresy. I've written about my first-hand experiences in spirit-filled churches where the prosperity gospel of the Word of Faith movement and New Apostolic Reformation has been taught. If you'd like to understand how pagan doctrines of demons that we've been warned against repeatedly in both the Old and New Testament have seeped into Christianity through these teachings, Deliver Us from Addiction is very reasonably priced on Amazon. This book will show you how pagan concepts are infiltrating Christianity through churches like Elevation, Hillsong, and Bethel. After reading my book, I believe you'll have a better understanding as to why we shouldn't yoke ourselves to these so-called Christian ministries by purchasing and singing their music. Paul said, Indeed, it is necessary that there be factions among you so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. When my husband and I began to research and discern that occult teachings, like the law of attraction, which is taught by evil spirits to people when they enter trances, that these were being brought to us, We decided to go to an evangelical church. When we were going to that church, I didn't realize that contemplative spirituality, which brings a person into sorcery, was entering many denominations. My radar was not up. I continued to trust that now my new pastors had truth, and they did have a lot of truth, and they were very good pastors, especially at first. So I read the recommended books, and I thought I was finding a new way to walk in God's spirit. I never in a million years would have thought that the satanic realm would make sorcerous methods out to be a way of having more intimacy with God. Then I noticed that the worship leaders in my church began playing songs by bands who believe that we are little gods whose thoughts and words are supernaturally powerful. These were the bands that I had listened to so much when I was in the Word of Faith movement. Sometimes the lyrics from their songs were biblically accurate. Other times, little pagan concepts, doctrines of demons, would seep through. Because I had been in the New Apostolic Reformation, I recognized the main themes coming out in the music with biblical ideas twisted to make us more important. Songs were more man-centered. Paul told the Ephesians, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So I shared a video of a new apostolic reformation worship band where the kundalini serpent power manifestations looked demonic, and they were exactly the same as you would see with Hindu gurus. I was told by my worship leader that we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bath water. Now, because music touches us emotionally, we're more likely to take the theology we learn in songs into our hearts. On September 24th of 2019, Bill Johnson, who denies that scripture alone is enough and who stated that Jesus ceased to be God when he was on the cross, he stated on the Worship You Facebook page, Music bypasses all of the intellectual barriers, and when the anointing of God is on a song, people will begin to believe things they wouldn't believe through teaching. It has actually been demonstrated that when a person's brain is primed through repetitive choruses, they're more likely to accept the teaching that follows without discerning error. When a person's brain goes into a semi-trance, 
they are more open to suggestion and less likely to be like a Berean. In regard to apathy, I'd like to point out again that engaging in a form of contemplative prayer through singing a word or phrase in our church worship music might be the reason people seem to be apathetic to the deception coming into churches these days. Perhaps Satan is putting the church to sleep, so to speak, by causing people not to care about the great end-time deception within Christianity. The Apostle Paul speaks of a great apostasy, a falling away from the faith by many people before the Antichrist and the second coming of Jesus. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. I'd like to talk about one of my Facebook discernment groups where the discussion was about contemplative prayer. You see, many mystics who engage in contemplative prayer admit that they begin to have thoughts that are against the Bible drop into their minds. I quote some of them admitting to this in my book. They begin accepting pagan ideas and promoting them. Sometimes they do automatic writing, where an evil spirit actually writes through their hands. One worship leader in my Facebook discernment group told me about her experiences with contemplative prayer and automatic writing. She said, I was a worship leader and this is how I received many of the original songs to lead others. I believe that some of the songs I wrote were definitely under the influence of a seducing spirit. Regarding Bethel and Hillsong, she says, The music is hypnotic and mystical on purpose. It is a powerful weapon that the enemy is using to lure others into believing things about God that are simply untrue. Where worship songwriters are engaging in contemplative prayer or yoga, Buddhist mindfulness, or other sorceress types of Eastern meditation, these worship leaders find themselves hearing spiritual voices as they write the lyrics of their songs. They assume that the lyrics and the melody coming into their minds are coming from God's Holy Spirit. But the Apostle Paul tells us that satanic entities pose as angels of light. Sometimes that is why the songs are extremely beautiful and catchy. It's the same with books which are written with the help of evil spirits. Through automatic writing and spirit dictation, stories are extremely well-written and compelling. That's because these entities are superior to human beings in their knowledge and their intellectual abilities. After all, they've been learning for thousands of years and they don't have physically limited human brains and they know what is interesting and what is enticing to people. If a worship leader is doing contemplative prayer, including using musical mantras, and they begin receiving inspiration from the satanic realm, or having evil spirits take over their hand while writing worship songs, we can be certain the songs are not to advance the kingdom of God. Even if those songs use scripture or are very beautiful, how do we know that the musical contemplative mantra isn't causing apathy for us? Entering a light trance or an altered state of consciousness takes our mind out of the alert mode. It is disobedience to the Bible's many commands to be alert and of sober mind. The Apostle Peter said, Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. We cannot ignore the fact that our mortal enemy roams around like a roaring lion, seeking people to devour. It would be bad enough if musical contemplative mantras only made us care less about doctrines of demons slipping into our theology. 
Because we aren't into the occult and don't know all the themes and concepts of paganism, another problem is that we won't recognize the deceptions as our minds are being conditioned to accept them. As the musical mantra is opening our minds to suggestion, causing us not to evaluate songs for deception, we won't worry if a pagan concept or a doctrine of demons slips into the song or the sermon that follows. Can we afford to be asleep at the wheel when it comes to our enemy's tactics? Paul told the Thessalonians, So then, let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. We need to understand that the cunning father of lies knows how to deceive. He doesn't come in with an outright lie because it would be too obvious. Rather, he comes in with contemplative experiences where we feel a loving spiritual presence. In Ephesians 6, Paul speaks of spiritual rulers, forces, and cosmic powers. Notice all of those words are plural. There are many evil entities who are promoting doctrines of demons through people who are in the occult and especially when they enter trances. According to James 4.7, we need to resist the devil so he will flee from us. Ephesians 4.27 tells us to refrain from giving the devil a foothold. In Ephesians 6.13, we are told that we are to do everything to stand our ground. That means we need to hold the line. We are to stand firm against satanic tactics, to not passively allow the deception in. Ephesians 4.14 tells us not to be tossed, by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. As a soldier in battle doesn't stick his head in the sand, we cannot afford to have the apathy that results from entering trance states. We need strength and motivation to research deception. You know, the early church sang hymns in order to help them develop and remember true theology. They weren't trying to feel an ethereal presence. They didn't sing about how valuable they were to God. They weren't focused on what God would do for them. They were okay when they didn't get the way that they wanted, the miracles they might have hoped for. They were fine being martyrs, not just looking for God to make a way out of their troubles. Their songs had no vain repetitions and did not put them into a trance. Rather, their hymns helped them to have deeper and more resilient faith. So. How can we keep from falling into the main deceptions invading Christianity in our time? I believe the most important piece in preventing ourselves from being deceived is knowing God's Word. The Lord spoke through the prophet Hosea saying, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We can read many books about what the Bible says or how to draw near to God, but the best book that we should read is our Bible. Correct doctrine is vital to salvation. As the Apostle John tells us, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Paul warned the Roman church to mark and avoid those who taught false doctrines because these men were causing division in the church. Notice that it's not those who point out the false teachings who are called divisive, but those who put forth the heresies. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learned. Avoid them, because such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. So we are to avoid those who teach false doctrine, whether it is through books, through their sermons from the pulpit, or through their music. In Matthew, 
we learn this. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Jesus said, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And John says, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. In the book of Acts, we are told, people will be falling away from a faith they once held. They will be deceived and will deceive many others. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Paul warned Timothy and he named false teachers when he says, and their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hymenaeus and Philetus are among them. The Apostle Paul said, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Christianity almost appears to be a dying religion. Surveys done by researchers demonstrate that not only are there less and less Christians every year, but those who consider themselves to be Christians don't know what the main doctrines of their faith is. They actually lack saving faith because they don't put their faith in the real gospel. The Christianity that is often being taught is a watered-down version of what the first century Christians believed. Our faith is becoming more and more infiltrated with paganism as the years go by. In the Bible, the Israelites were taught God's truth, yet they kept turning to the pagan religions that surrounded them. In order to demonstrate that the Israelites were being spiritually unfaithful to God, and that this was adultery in God's eyes. When the Lord first spoke to Hosea, he said, Go and marry a woman of promiscuity and have children of promiscuity, for the land is committing blatant acts of promiscuity by abandoning the Lord. Let us not follow the example of the Israelites who allowed paganism to infiltrate the nation of Israel. May we not have ears that desire to be tickled with a pleasant-sounding gospel that is devoid of saving power. Let us not have ears that desire to be tickled with beautiful-sounding music that lulls us into light trances, or that slip doctrines of demons in or twist the scriptures. We should no more allow heresy to come in through worship music, nor should we support it by using the worship of bands that believe the little God doctrine, than we would allow heresy to come from our pulpit. My next video will be about how the ancient mystery religions infiltrated Germany as Hitler was rising to power. You'll learn how contemplative spirituality even played a role in the extermination of the Jews and other individuals who were deemed as less than human. If you'd like to be notified when it comes out, please subscribe and hit the notification bell. If you would like to understand the main themes within occult teachings, doctrines that demons have been promoting since the Tower of Babel, so that you'll recognize them when they come in through authors, songs, or church teachings, Shrewd as Serpents follows main pagan concepts from the time before the flood through the time when the nations that surrounded Israel were enticing them into paganism. It teaches about Gnosticism, which encompassed all the teachings of the various mystery religions in the early church age. There's a section on New Age spirituality of our time, and there are chapters about several movements infiltrating Christianity in our time. You will learn the common themes that run throughout the pagan mysteries, as well as the phrases and words that are frequently used in Doctrines of Demons.
This will help you understand why contemplative spirituality, progressive Christianity, the Word of Faith movement, and the New Apostolic Reformation are so dangerous. You'll be able to recognize deception and won't be as easily taken in by teachings and songs that are conditioning us for the great end time deception. I'm including links to both of my books, and I'm going to reduce the price of both of them temporarily because I really want to keep people from deception. As always, I look forward to your comments below. Thank you.